Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. My name, as always, is Adam Levy, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast and the journeys that we've been on together. Now, weirdly, this 13th episode is being recorded on a week and in a month where there is a Friday the 13th. I know, pretty spooky, but let's get past it. Now, what does that mean for your luck exactly? Who knows? But I would imagine that there are some weird, unusual statistical things that might occur in the two NLL playoff games this weekend when the second round of the NLL playoffs begin. Now, in one of the more awkward segues in any episode of the podcast that I've ever recorded, let me just say quickly that it wouldn't be weird to go check out any of the previous episodes of the podcast if you haven't listened to them already. There might be some relevant information from any of those episodes that you might want to take into into your brain and into your, your statistical database if you're watching the rest of the NLL playoffs going forward. So if you want to find those, you can find them on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Now, back to more postseason talk. Of course, we were treated to an amazing first round of games, which saw the Colorado Mammoth, the Toronto Rock, the Buffalo Bandits, and the San Diego Seals move on. And this coming weekend, we will see the start of those best of three matchups. Of course, we've had the Colorado Mammoth facing the Seals and then the Bandits facing the Rock. Now, we'll touch on those matchups a little bit later in the podcast, but this week we're going to feature a guy who has been with the Mammoth since 2015. The Mammoth team, this Mammoth team has struggled over the decade to beat the Calgary Roughnecks, who they faced last week in the NLL postseason, but they finally did make it over the hump for just the second time in their team's history last week. Now they gear up to face the West's number one seed, and I have to say our featured guest is a guy who has always been a steady and reliable part of the Mammoth offense, but now under offensive coach Jason Bishop and under his system, he is thriving, not to take away anything from what he did in previous years. So without giving anything more away, I'll just go to the number of the week, which is six. Now let's go gather up all those nuggets we can find and have a delicious nuggets feast. It's Matrix time. again back again deeper inside the matrix now i say this completely in jest but this episode might feel a little bit more like a simulation because we're going to be talking not only about the mammoth being in the western conference finals this is after all the only only the fourth time that the mammoth have made it that far into the nll postseason since the team came to colorado uh for the start of the 2003 season but we are featuring our guest, Eli McLaughlin, who is an offensive player on the Mammoth. Now, for those of you who may not know much about the history of this team, especially over the last nearly 10 years, the Mammoth have had a deeply rooted defensive strategy and have relied on their on their defensive core uh, to, to find wins. So they've often been looking for their offense to match what their defense can do. So to see the offense flourishing the way that they are this season it, it really is is a shift and and we will get into that later 
So as we saw this year, the Mammoth did have the highest scoring trio in the NLL during the regular season. McLaughlin and his teammates combined for 114 goals. Of course, we're talking about Connor Robinson and Ryan Lee. And in that first round of the playoffs, that same trio combined for 10 goals and 12 assists in just one game. McLaughlin had three goals and three assists for six points, which, if you remember, is our number of the week. So why is six so significant? Well, the number itself leads into talking about what McLaughlin has been able to do uh, both uh, in the postseason and the regular season for the Mammoth since he joined the team in 2015. But we'll dive more into that soon, but not just yet. Uh, First, I think it's important for Eli to tell you a little bit about himself and about his journey growing up around the game and and the sport of lacrosse. Yeah, I think I started in grade one, around age seven. My dad from... New Westminster and you know, his whole family played. So that's how I got into it. I know he has his, his brother. I can't remember if he was on the Minto Cup team, but maybe not. Anyways, you know, whole New West family. So that's how I got into it. I have two younger brothers and, you know, they played, played growing up and, you know, a couple of injuries from the middle brother and I had to hang them up. And then, I kind of bounced around in junior from Delta, New West, Coquitlam, and, you know, playing on a couple of those teams. And then, you know, found myself uh, not going to, to college exactly. So I just decided uh, I'd take a shot at the NLO. And, you know, now I guess maybe seven years later, here we are. Time's flying. And uh, still having a blast. So for a guy who spent most of his life around the game, he's learned what his strengths are, and I'm, I'm sure his weaknesses too, but we don't like to bask in that kind of negativity on this podcast. At least we try and keep it positive here. But it is interesting to hear from Eli how he feels he's grown as a player from the technical side, uh, specifically from his time in junior to now in the NLL. I think as a junior player, I mean, don't want to pump my own tire, but I was really good at scoring goals. <laughs> And I had a couple, you know, big seasons doing that. And, you know, I think when Steve got a draft me, he saw that in me. And, you know, I was thankful for that, for getting drafted here. And then, NLL-wise, I think as I, you know, matured and kind of learned behind, like, the juniors, the Joneses, the Vineshes on the teams, uh, you know, I've kind of, now as one of the older guys, I've kind of, uh, you know, kind of step into a bit of a leaders, more leadership role and and then, you know, kind of get the boys going. Now with Connor and Ryan, there's not as much, I feel, pressure on me to, you know, be just the one guy that's allowing me to um, get inside and do things that I feel like I couldn't do a couple years ago. If you want to talk about things that Eli maybe wasn't able to do just a few years ago or or maybe that he's gotten better at, things that he's gotten better at over the last few years, it's great to be able to talk to the players and to the coaches that know him best. While on paper, statistically, Eli has been fairly consistent throughout his NLL career, this year he had career highs in goals with 38, assists with 45, and points, if you add those two up, with 83. But as his offensive coach, Jason Bishop, will tell you, Eli has grown in many other ways as well. He's, he's himself, right? Like, I think he's, a, he's an amazing athlete, and he has 
incredible skill set. And, you know, when the, when the players come into the league, especially like how Eli's been with the Mammoth, you know, like for so long, like how he comes into the league and then how he's grown as an athlete and how he's matured and what he's becoming. It's like that is, to me, that's like so awesome to see. If, as, even as a fan, you know, like to see how he's changed as an athlete. Like he's doing things in games now that he didn't do before. Like he's actually grown as a player like and evolved like it's been really awesome to watch and to be a part of this season but like you know statistically i i bet you he would say he just wants to win the next shift like i don't think he's too concerned about his stats right now in his career but i know uh you know i know we just want to like you know improve i guess i don't think he's done like i he's not done being what he's going to be right just to follow up on, on Bishop's point, and I'll let Bishop talk for himself, but one of the things, one more thing I should say that he is impressed with McLaughlin about is the fact that Eli, to become a leader uh, and to grow to the levels that he has, he really had to get outside his comfort zone, and, and that can be a challenge for any athlete. Yeah, I guess there's there was an opportunity for him to step up, and he did. And, uh, you know, like, one of the things, like, even as an athlete, like, to get outside of your comfort zone, to push your abilities, to challenge yourself, to have a growth a growth mindset, you know, like, to, to actually almost be vulnerable. Like, he's been willing to do that. Like, he's actually been willing to get outside of his comfort zone to grow as an athlete and as a player, as a leader, like, which is, which is, I find, like, super inspiring because it isn't in his nature to be that. Not he is a leader in how he plays, but like how he's speaking and what he's doing, I, I, it's really awesome to see. And the guys can feel it too. Like it's a uh, really awesome. McLaughlin's leadership has also inspired one of Eli's alternate captains, Joey Capito. Joey Capito has been with McLaughlin since McLaughlin's rookie year in 2015. Now, Capito mentioned not just how much easier it makes his and the defense's play now that Eli is thriving but how the combination of the three-headed monster, as I'd like to call them, of McLaughlin, Connor Robertson, and Ryan Lee has changed the team dynamics. Yeah, I mean, well, starting with Eli, like you said, we've been teammates a long time now, and just to, to watch him grow and mature as a player. Um, you know, he's always been skilled and incredibly talented, but every year he seems to take his game to another level, and uh, not only on the floor, but off the floor as well, and how he's become a leader in the locker room, and just one of the highest respected guys in the locker room um but yeah incredible talent he can do anything for you on the floor uh puts his body on the line every night plays through injuries and you know he's a guy kind of guy you can rally around um and then uh, as far as sort of the three-handed monster we haven't had uh, an offense like this since i've been here uh, in terms of um having weapons on both sides of the ball that are contributing a high level um you know in the past we've had some great players but you know sometimes the ball would get stuck and uh, it would fall on the shoulders of one guy, but the ball's been moving around great. Everybody's contributing. Um, everybody's putting the ball over that, and it's it's really fun to watch. And as a defender, uh, it's a different type of field issue because uh, I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off knowing that we do have some explosive guys up front who can score, and you don't have to play a perfect game back there. Now, let's not stray away from Eli's numbers, though, and, and let me just say in no way do I want to take away or diminish his growth and his leadership. I greatly admire 
McLaughlin's journey. And, and think about this just quickly before we head into those numbers. McLaughlin, who admitted he's still learning what it takes to be the best leader he can be, told me how Pat Coyle, the head coach of the Mammoth, asked him mid-season to step into a new role as a leader. And this was after Tyler Digby, a, a longtime veteran in this league, uh, was traded to the New York Riptide at the trade deadline. And and McLaughlin is already impressing his teammates as a leader. Imagine what will happen in years to come as he grows into that position. But statistically, we know that we're all about stats over here, of course. And uh, over those years that Eli has tried to establish himself, he's fought his way all the way to sixth in goals, fifth in assists, and fifth in points in the regular season all-time in Mammoth history and is also now tied for fifth in goals, tied for fifth in assists, and fifth in points in postseason history all-time for the Mammoth. That is uh, very impressive considering that he is just getting started in his new role and and is still quite young uh, for for his career. McLaughlin obviously is still getting used to, to being named captain and in the same breath as a lot of those great guys I mentioned where he ranks on, on those lists, uh, guys like Gavin Prout and Gary Gate. And when you're talking about mammoth all-time offensive players like that, and just think about this, Eli has two games this postseason to continue working his way up the leaderboard. So who knows where he'll finish by the end of the year, let's say if the mammoth make it all the way to the NLL Cup. Yeah, I. it's honestly every time I've heard it so far, it's kind of still shocking to me. That, you know, when you start starting the league, uh, you don't think maybe you'll get there. But now that I've been fortunate enough to stick with the team for so long, you know, hopefully I can fall away at a couple others. With the playoff series coming up against the San Diego Seals, of course, that starts on Friday evening and it's going to be a best of three series, as I have mentioned before. Uh, we know that that must mean to all what that must mean to all the veteran players having been around the league for nearly a decade, like McLaughlin, Capito, Dylan Ward, and Robert Hope of the Colorado Mammoth have been. And here's how Capito is looking at that best of three series starting on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I feel good about the matchup. I feel good about any matchup, though, no matter who we were playing. I have a lot of confidence in our guys uh, and then the coaching staff to come up with a good game plan. And you know, I think for us, it's just we're going to focus on game one. We're going to focus on the first period. And we're really going to focus on that first shift, as cliche as it sounds, uh, one thing at a time. And we're just going to try to go out, win that first shift, and uh, keep the momentum rolling and hope that leads to a victory. It is now that special time where I get to introduce our very knowledgeable and qualified analyst of the week. This week, we have a guy who played with the Mammoth from 2003 to 2015 and, of course, won an NLL championship with the Mammoth in 2006. You probably know by now that Mammoth head coach Pat Coyle was also a member of that 2006 team, but our guest was also a teammate of Eli McLaughlin in 2015, as I've mentioned, that rookie season that he joined the NLL. Now, our special guest of the week is currently the sideline reporter for the Mammoth. Let me introduce to you the one and only John Gallant. But, you know, I think it's, you know, I've been fortunate enough, like you, you said, to, you know, be a teammate of his at, at the beginning of his career and, and now doing, you know, some sideline reporting for the Colorado Mammoth. I've been able to, you know, closely see his development and, and growth, uh, you know, as a player. And so, you know, I think, you know, for him, you know, they, you know, Pat Coyle is, 
has you know developed a, you know a really good balanced you know team and between Ryan Lee and and Connor Robinson you know on the on the right side and then the left side it's it's really given room and given opportunities for Eli McLaughlin to to develop as well and I think between you know the growth from you know Sean Williams as an offensive coordinator to now you know Jason Bishop as as the offensive coordinator for the for the Mammoth you know you know Jason's put you know all the offensive players but particularly Eli you know in situations where you know he can strive and and uh, you know he's you know obviously been been able to produce some some good numbers and so you know to to see his game develop from one more of a as a secondary or, or third option, you know, in an offense to, to one now where, you know, he's in a primary role, like I said, with Ryan Lee and Connor Robinson, you know, he brings that ability to not only score both inside, but, but also score outside. And I think he brings some, you know, what goes unnoticed a little bit with Eli is, is his physicality in the sense of being able to set picks and to come off of picks and to, you know, get to that middle a little bit more to where, uh, you know, you've seen goals, you know, particularly last week there in, in Calgary, he's, you know, he's scoring both in front of the goal and he's scoring down the alley. And, and you know, we've all seen if, if he gets his hands free from that outside, he can, he can score as well. So, you know, I think from, um, you know, just the, the last couple, last few years, you know, uh, going from, you know, a young guy to now an older guy, his game's developed. You know, he, he's shown some maturity and, and uh, you know, developing his game in the off season. And, and uh, you know, Jason Bishop has, has put him from the, the offensive side in situations where, you know, he can really strive off of, off of two other players that he's with. Thank you so much for the insight, John. It was really a pleasure to have you on the podcast during this awesome run that the Mammoth are making right now in the postseason, especially considering your playoff history with the Mammoth. Now I have to say it's time for the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week. I had asked you based on Eli cracking into the top five all-time in Mammoth postseason history in the major offensive categories of points, assists, and goals if you think that Eli is a top five all-time Mammoth postseason player. So the results are 57.1% of you voters said that yes, he is now in that elite company of the top five postseason playoff Mammoth players all-time. 33% of you said close, but not yet, and 9.5% of you said no. Now, I'd like to to say that those are pretty good numbers, considering that the majority of you did say yes. Now, before we wrap things up, it would be irresponsible of me not to, to hype up just a little bit the two playoff matches that are coming up this weekend. The Seals versus the Colorado Mammoth is going to be uh, a great matchup of great goalies against each other in Frank Shiliano and Dylan Ward, and of course, great offenses. Each are stacked with great veteran offensive players and also impressive young talent as well. And of course, out east, we've got one of the oldest and fiercest rivalries in NLL history, the Toronto Rock and the the Buffalo Bandits. The Rock have been on fire the last two-thirds of the season, and the Bandits, uh, while they were chasing history early on in the year, and even though they've slowed down just uh, just a little bit, I, I don't want to to put the brakes on those tires too much. 
but their first round game against the Albany Firewolves showed that they are still a very, very scary opponent to face in this NLL postseason. So make sure to check those games out. They'll be on Friday and Sunday, respectively. So go to NLL.com for details on those games and how to watch them. Well, shucks, it does appear that it's that time already. Time to leave the Matrix and all those delicious nuggets that we found this week. But don't worry, we'll be back for another journey next week with another jam-packed, exciting episode covering NLL playoff action. Now, thank you so much to my guests this week, Eli McLaughlin, Joey Capito, Mammoth Offensive Coach Jason Bishop, and John Gallant. What a great time it is for all of you with the Mammoth's pursuit of the NLL Cup. And thank you to all of the listeners. Thank you to all of the voters of the podcast poll of the week, which you can find on my Twitter at Adam Levy Sports. And thank you to everyone who is supporting this podcast endeavor in any way. I appreciate all of you. And finally, as I always end it, try and always think about what stats make your lives great. I've been your host, Adam Levy. Enjoy the two games this weekend, everybody.